Good morning. Good morning, uh, people on those devices. Um, we're live Facebook. We're live YouTube. Um, for some of you that might be uh, new, either here or uh, online, Lord did speak to me that uh, in January we would triple, quadruple, and we have because of this, <laughs> and also because of here we've had a uh, we we've went to two services. We have an 8 a.m. service. Beautiful to see your beautiful faces. And in the spirit, I see your beautiful faces. There's all kinds of people we know because we uh, keep track of it. We uh, um, do some things, but we get over 1,000 views, and we have around 200 pull-through views. So 200 people watching, maybe more than that, that, that get this. And I want you to know, please, right now, Make a decision to stay with me. Stay with me today for the next whatever it is, 30, 40 minutes. Please stay with me. I'm going to talk about suffering, but you need to understand it. It's good. It's not the one that everybody's going to high five maybe and everything because I'm actually going to talk about dying a lot of things. But we need to hear this. And this is out of Acts chapter 21. It's uh, so important. And I want to tell you this morning. If you've decided to uh, join us either physically or online, thank you so much. And uh, for pastors that are preaching today, I, want, I thank you so much. All your pastors, what you're doing. Did you know that as a pastor, you can't win? Because if you open it, the church, you're very irresponsible. But if you close the church, you don't have any faith. If you make everybody wear masks, then you're very... Uh, you know, irresponsible, or what? not irresponsible, you're just very scared or whatever, but if you don't make them wear masks, you're very irresponsible. Do you understand what I'm saying? And our pastors are in no win. There's no way to win, except preach the word, preach the gospel. Just say Jesus saves. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ raised you from the dead. So, and I know pastors, I have pastors that watch this when they get up. Guys, I love you and we're praying for you. So I know that um, it's a tough spot, but it's a good spot. Now, we are going to talk about, well, and I want to talk about this too, why church matters. We said this subject in January, so we had no idea what would happen in, our, uh, in the social atmosphere or whatever. But this, God has been on track Every week, man, he knows what's going on. So when I'm talking about this suffering thing, I know I believe he knows what's going on. But why church matters, it matters. You are the church. Red and yellow, black and white. You are the church. You are the church. And you matter. You matter to God. So why church matters. And the name of this sermon today is let the will of the Lord be done. Let the will of the Lord be done. So chapter 21, we're going to start with verse 1. We're going to cover the whole chapter. We're actually going to cover some of 20 again and maybe 22 because they're so interconnected. But let's start with verse 21. You guys ready? And please stay with me today. Here we go. And when he had parted from them and set sail, we came by a straight course to Kaz, and the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Petra. And having found a ship crossing to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had come in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left, we sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unload its cargo. 
And having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. And through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go to Jerusalem. When our days there were ended, we departed and went on our journey. And they all, with wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city. And kneeling down on the beach, we prayed and said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship and they returned home. Then we had finished the voyage from Tyre and we arrived to Potamus and we greeted the brothers and stayed with them for one day. On the next day we departed and came to Caesarea and we entered the house of Philip the Evangelist who was one of the seven and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. While we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judah. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own feet and hands, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, we, had, we and the people there urged him not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I'm ready not only to be in prison, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, Let the will of the Lord be done. After these days, we got ready and went uh, up to Jerusalem. And some of the disciples from Sisri went with us, bringing us to the house of Benson of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we should lodge. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We give you praise for today. We ask you, God, that you would open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear. Speak to us, Lord, in such a loving and awesome way, but in that way, Lord, of understanding the purposes and the the direction and the vision of you, Lord. We just praise you and we thank you, God. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let the will of the Lord be done. Point number one, even when suffering is waiting in the journey. Let the will of the Lord be done, even when suffering be, will be waiting in the journey. I have good news for you. You ready? You're going to suffer. You are going to suffer. There's just no way around it. Life, you know, anybody, any ladies here, you ever been pregnant and had a baby? Did you suffer? There was some suffering. There's suffering in life. Um, Stephanie related on a Wednesday night Bible study. We did a Bible study and she told about and, and man, when I heard it again, I, I felt bad. I was like, man, 22 years ago, just one year of us, of four cancer surgeries, uh, miscarriage, um, uh, we were audited, and then we had a baby, and the baby born blue. I mean, and they're just, if you can name something that year, it, all of that year, it seemed like stuff after stuff after stuff happened. But uh, 22 years later, we're here. We have uh, that baby that born blue. He's he's something else. He's an awesome little fella, all built up, and uh, he's a what do you call those guys? Whatever the bodybuilder, but but he works at 
helping people to build their bodies or whatever. Trainer. Trainer. The trainer. Don't even know the name of it. But he's a trainer. All of you guys, I'm looking, you know, we, we went through uh, stuff during the pandemic, incredible stuff, fear, everything. And I'm looking back here, and there's an, uh, an incredible group all the way in the back of people sitting, doing cameras, looking at TV screens, doing all kinds of stuff that we did not even think about three months ago or however long ago. And, but it came through, uh, you know, some, some problems, some suffering. Suffering isn't a bad thing. When, when you work out, my son works out and he lifts up his 400 pounds or whatever he lifts up off the ground and he does this stuff, he'll come in and, oh, this hurts and this hurts, and then he does it and does it again the next day. And any of you guys have been in uh, any kind of athletics, you know that you will just, your lungs are burning and you'll have a coach going, come on, do it until it hurts, come on, come on, go ahead, throw up, and he'll be yelling, screaming at you, do everything you got. And, and, you're, and, and you feel like you're going to retch, and sometimes you do. And I don't know why I'm talking about retching. I remember running, and I drank orange juice right before I ran a three-mile. Yeah, everybody off. And uh, I remember that experience. I will never forget it. It was bad. And, and, but, but yet, my body can do things after I got done that, that it couldn't normally do. There is suffering in the journey. The journey will have suffering. I want to get you ready for that. Because sometimes, you know, we're just surprised. Oh, my goodness. You know, something bad happens. No, there's going to be suffering. There is suffering in the journey. In fact, the church leaders in verse 4 that we read heard in the spirit that there would be danger. There would be betrayals. There would be imprisonment. And they, they did not want Paul to have anything to do with it. Now, a lot of times, I, I totally understand that. I mean, if I told you what you're going to go through in the next few months or next few years, um, I would say, if I was to see it, Lord was to show me, I would say, I don't want you to go through it. Right? I mean, that's what the Christians were saying. We don't want you, Paul, to go through it. But the Spirit was not telling Paul not to go through it. This is where you've got to figure this out. You'll, you'll even see it in 15 and 17. The Spirit isn't telling Paul not to do it. The Spirit is saying, this is what happened. Now, we remember this happening with our Lord Jesus. Because Jesus goes to Gethsemane and he prays. And, and it says he, he sweats great drops of blood. He knows what's going to happen. And he says, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But if not, thy will be done. But Peter had said to him, he said, Lord, we don't want this to happen to you. Jesus said, I got to suffer. Peter said, we don't want this to happen to you. Jesus said, Satan, get behind me. He didn't address Peter, but what he addressed was, Satan trying to keep him from his assignment and his mission. Every person, you have a mission, you have an assignment. God has trusted you. I, I tell people all the time about coming to church or, or, or going to Walmart or going anywhere. Why don't you pray about it? You ever tried that? Just pray. Say, Lord, not my will to go looking around Walmart, but thy will be done. 
And it works, people. You will go. You will be able to do what God has called you to do. But you ask for, Lord, I pray thy will be done. I applaud those that are physically here today. You are here not for yourself, but you are here for all the others. God has assigned you to help them, to encourage them. And he's given you an assignment. And you said, not my will, but your will be done. You see, there is suffering in the journey. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 11, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his suffering. 2 Timothy 4, 5. As for you always, be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And we found out some of the suffering of Timothy the last few weeks. Because Timothy was a, uh, he, he, he had a, a Jewish parent, but he had a Greek parent, and he was not circumcised. But because he wanted to lead the Christian church and he wanted to help people, he went and suffered circumcision. In fact, we'll see where Paul does take some men with him that has, has been converted Gentiles later in this chapter. And they, they, go, they go and do this. They go through circumcision and they go, he, he pays for it and he gives up money so that he can show people that he is going the extra mile. He is going the extra mile to lead people to Christ. Paul continually was going the extra mile to reconcile people to Jesus. There's suffering in the journey. There's suffering in the journey. I, I said this to my wife, I don't know, maybe 10 years back, but and I say it all the time, she didn't really like it. But you understand it, right? But but I said, you got to fall in love with the pain. How many of y'all had coaches fall in love with the pain or whatever? You know, you got to fall in love with the pain. You, you, the, there is pain in progress. There is pain in production. There is pain in, 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 in getting it done. You have to fall in love with that resistance. Anybody that's an athlete, anybody that works, you know you have to fall in love with the pain. You have to fall in love and just say, not my will, but thine be done, Lord. I thank you for this suffering because it will, it will produce a blessing. It will produce something good. There is pain in the process. If I don't care. You're breathing. There's going to be some kind of pain for you. It may somebody else may be, may go. Well, that's not bad. Oh, man, that's nothing compared to what I go through. But for you, it's pain. It's pain. There's a pain in the process. There is suffering in the journey. But it's okay. We're going somewhere. You're going to see a brand new you, in a brand new one day. This old body will pass away. In fact, let me get to point number two. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Point number two is this point. You see that uh, let the will of the Lord be done even if the end of the journey brings physical death. And I've got news for you. 
the end of this journey is going to bring physical, physical death. Everyone, it's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. We are going to see physical death, and we are going to be a part of physical death. And I'm not trying to scare you. I want you to know it's okay. It's what God has planned. Let me get into this in Acts chapter 20. And uh, we'll go back to Acts chapter 20, verse 22 and 25. Paul is talking about this. Everybody's trying to keep him from going to Jerusalem. But he says, and now behold, I am going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit. Not knowing what will happen, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, not as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. I've, I've been preaching for a long time as a pastor. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. But there's many times, and maybe even today, many times I see people for the last time. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I look into their face, and I didn't know it would be the last time. But it's the last time that I ever see them. That's just how life goes. That we have a, there is an ending to this thing. You will physically one day pass away. Someone that you love and someone that you know, someone that's around you will physically one day pass away. But this is the greatest way to go, what Paul is saying is that I want to finish my journey. I don't, I don't care how I go. I don't care if it's painful or not painful. I don't care if I die in my sleep or I die in a beheading, which he did. This is what I care about. I care that I finish my journey. When he is put in prison here, he writes incredible epistles. And we wouldn't have these if he didn't have time to go, hmm, I guess I better just write and he writes, and you have the word of God here. God had a plan for Paul, but he has a plan for you. You see, I don't know. I don't account, I'm sorry, my life of any value or precious to myself. Only if I may finish my course in the ministry that I received of the Lord Jesus. To testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now in verse 38 right before he gets to this time where everybody is weeping and, and, and sorrowful. But in verse 38 of, of chapter 20, look at, let me look at that one. Verse 30, he says, Being sorrowful, most of all, because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Don't, don't, don't get past that. I mean, Paul is going past people that really love him. People after people. And now he has this family and people and there's little kids and they all get on their knees and they're at the beach and they're, they pray one time and then they get up 
and they put him on the ship. And when they put him on, because of what the Spirit had told them, Spirit was telling everybody, hey, this guy, this is it. He goes to Jerusalem, this is it. And I really believe here's sometimes the Spirit is telling others more than he's telling you. Because you already know that you know what you're to do. But sometimes the Spirit is so wonderful, he prepares other people. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying? And, and this is the visual I get. I've watched, there was one time, I don't know, it was a lot. I mean, it was over 38 or so. I saw people die. And I worked in the uh, medical uh, field. And there's this one lady, Gladys Bayless, and I was holding her hand. And I knew that it was the last time. And she was gone. And you could see that she was completely gone. But I literally felt this thing just like push me like this, like a wind. Just, and I'm in a room that's windless. And I felt it push. That's the only time. And I'm not being super weird or spiritual. I'm just telling you, I could literally feel. I know that everybody has a spirit. And you have a place to go. But we need to be good people at allowing people to get on the ship and allowing ourselves to get on the ship. And haven't we done it just recently? We've done it. We've, we've allowed the person to say, I understand it's time. It's time for you. Selfish for us to just keep you because you have a journey ahead of you. And this morning, if you've never accepted Christ, you're in here or you've never accepted Christ, there is a journey for you. There's a journey to heaven. There's a journey to hell. And I'm telling you, every person can go to heaven. And it says that if you accept Jesus Christ, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, you will be saved. And your journey today begins towards heaven. Today, your journey, if you don't have Christ right now, is headed to hell. But your journey, if you accept Christ today, you are headed to heaven. And when we get to the ship, you guys, we've got to be willing to, to get on our knees to pray, but to allow them to get on the ship. And one day, somebody's going to be allowing me to get on the ship. And you're going to be say, okay, pastor, you can get on the ship. But I've, I've got an encouraging word for you. Point number two, even the end of the journey will bring physical death. It's okay. The Lord's will be done. You see... Verse 38 says, being sorrowful most of all because of the world, word he had spoken that they would not see his face again and they accompanied him to the ship. One day we will accompany each other to the final ship. Point number three. Man, see, it's quiet in here. Kind of like the first. <laughs> this is a, a praise God hallelujah point. Um. Point number three, and to wrap up everything, to in fact use the title, let the will of the Lord be done. Let the will of the Lord be done. Now, I'm gonna, I told you I was going to finish chapter 21. I will. I'm going to finish it really quick like this. In verses 17 through 26, Paul went to the temple and he glorified 
and worshipped God. He paid for these guys, four or five of these guys, to come in to have, you know, to do all the things they had to do, circuses and the whole thing, to become uh, into the temple so that they could worship. And you've got to understand, the temple at this time is still, that's, you know, it's the temple where everybody worshipped God in Jerusalem. And Paul worshipped God. Jesus worshipped God. I got to go to Israel and see just one little wall that was left, a wailing wall, and there's people worshiping God. There's all kinds of people worshiping God. And so Paul comes in, and he's worshiping God. He's doing everything that he can to reconcile the body of Christ. And remember what I said at the beginning. Pastors are in a no-win situation right now. They open the church, they're wrong. They close the church, they're wrong. They tell everybody face masks, they're wrong. They tell nobody face masks, they're wrong. They're, they're wrong no matter what. And so Paul goes into the church with people who were not born Jewish, but were grafted in by accepting Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and they're grafted into the church. And he's showing, hey, this is beautiful. The whole message of God is coming together. The Messiah has come. And some people are accepting it. And he gets in there and he does this. He worships. But listen to this. In verses 27 through 36, he goes into the temple and there were Jews from Asia. And they accused him and they seized him. Beating him, people accused him of all kinds of stuff. And at first... They just started going after him, beating him. said, this is the guy that led this rebellion. And this is the guy. And it wasn't. Paul wasn't any of these. But it was still the, the Jews from Asia that were very angry at him. And if you guys remember, if we go all the way back, it had to do with money. And they were losing money. And so they, they got angry at him, and they had accused him then. Well, now these Jews came from Asia, and they see Paul, and they have a vendetta against him. And so now they're coming after him. He gets beaten, and he gets arrested in these verses. Now, I want to say this, because we're going to preach um, chapter 22 next week. And this really is a part of chapter 22. But I want to say this part before we get into to it next week. Paul, after he is accused of this, from 27 to 36, Paul speaks in verse 37. So, we can look at that. Let's look at that verse 37 and uh, in chapter 21. So, Paul speaks, and as Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the tribune, may I say something to you? And he said, do you know Greek? Are you not the Egyptian then? Who, and they've already beaten him up because they thought he was somebody else. Who recently stirred up a revolt and led the 4,000 men of the assassins out into the wilderness? Paul replied, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Sicily, a citizen of no obscure city. I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. And I'm going to leave it there because here's what I want to tell you. Suffering will come. Death is going to come. But this is so important, you guys. When it's time to speak, speak the gospel. I can say probably that we weren't 
had this kind of audience and people to speak to because maybe sometimes I got caught up in, in other things like uh, 10 ways to be a good Christian or, 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 or four steps to doing this or doing that. And all of that is good. You guys, I'm not against that. I believe that. You know, the Bible tells us everything. But when we get up and it's our last time to get up and our last time to talk to people and it's the last time ver, last verbiage that will come out of our, our mouth last words we'll say preach the good news for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life Genesis said and God said and God said let there be light. And John chapter 1 says, And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, without Him is not anything made that was made. Back to John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Preach the gospel. You can go to heaven. You don't have to go to hell. Your journey of suffering will end in reward. Your journey of suffering will win in a reward. Heaven is our goal. And Jesus paid the price through his suffering. Jesus paid the price through what he did on the tree. The will of the Lord Peter says this. He says, this is God's will, that none should perish. This is the will of the Lord. You're here this morning listening. You that are listening online. The will of the Lord is none should perish. Everyone. Jesus wants everyone. Everyone into his family. You see, speak the gospel. Death. Burial. Resurrection. So let me tell you, I, I did a little bit of it, but God spoke the world into existence. He made you. He, he, he said this. He said, hey, let us make humans. Let us make them in our image. And he made man in his image. He loved you so much. He had a plan for you. But he did put a choice uh, a tree in the garden, and he said, don't ever take of this. But man did. Man disobeyed. And it could have ended there. It could have been there that it ended. And maybe, you know, it, it justly, I don't know, maybe it should have. I mean, he, we had a choice. But for God so loved the world, that on that day when he came and he, he, he found Adam and Eve and they were in the garden, they were hiding. He said, why are you hiding? And he said, because we're naked. And who told you that you're naked? And it says that God put skins, animal skins. That very day, some sinless, spotless lamb had to die to cover their sins. And this day, in 2020, Jesus has paid the price, has died. That sinless, spotless lamb has died to cover our sins. This is the gospel. This is good news. This is what we're supposed to be talking about. This is what we need to shout from the mountaintops. 
There's freedom in the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave. So yes, you're going to suffer. Yes, it does end in the final ship in death. It does end. But let the will of the Lord be done. Not my will, Lord, but thine be done. I know a, a lot of you, I'll give you time. Maybe um, you, if you don't have this, raise your hand if you want it. But we have communion. And for those that are online, I want to say this. Go to the fridge or go to the uh, cupboard and get a piece of bread and uh, um, maybe some juice and, uh, you know, some juice and bread. And I, there's what we're talking about today is so important. I'm going to spend a little time on it. This, this is what I'm talking about suffering. The, it says on the night that Jesus was betrayed. So on the very night that he was betrayed, he offered, he offered bread. He broke bread. And he offered the, 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 the fruit of the vine. He offered the juice. He offered this. And he said, hey, you guys, this, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. But here's what, here's what I want you to get into your minds is that he knew what he would suffer. He knew that there was going to be, the finality was the final ship. The final part was death. He knew that. And he said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And I just have, I don't know if it's a news flash for you or something, but one day it will be your last breath. One day you will die. But like Paul said, what a blessing it is to go doing the will of the Lord. And 2,000 years later, someone's talking about this Christian guy who lived for Christ with everything that he had. And that's the privilege that we have. So this morning uh, at the top part is um, a way for something that represents uh, Christ's body. And he said... Uh, I am the bread of life. He said this in John chapter 6, verse 48. He said, I'm the bread of life. I want you to know that if you're wondering where your next paycheck's going to come from, where your next uh, uh, food, how you're going to take care of tomorrow, Jesus, <laughs> he is our bread. He's our provision. Just, just go to him and say, Jesus, I know that you're my provider. The, the word calls Jehovah Jireh. My provider. He is the one that provides. Jesus said, hey guys, I'm the bread of life. I'm the manna that came down from heaven. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has everlasting life. Let me pray over his body right now before we take it. Lord, I pray over your body, Jesus, that was uh, broken for us so that we could be whole. I thank you for what you've done. We remember what you've done. We remember the suffering. We love you and we thank you. We give you praise. Amen. Would you take that? Amen. And allow me to, to pray real quick over the juice or that which represents his blood that was shed uh, for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord Jesus, I thank you for forgiving me, for cleansing me, for people right now, Lord, in here and 
And online, the, the, you have forgiven. Maybe it's brand new. You've forgiven them today. They're accepting you, Jesus, into their life. I, I do this, and, and do this with me, church, but it says in the Bible, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, you will be saved. If that's you this morning, just say this. Say, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you're raised from the dead. And Jesus, I will follow you all the days of my life. Amen. Do that this morning. Let's receive that which represents his blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just stand with me and just just thank him as you get done standing? We're going to worship him one more song. And if you like special prayer, I'll be in the back. God bless you.